0: And we have these beautiful readings, you know, for the beginning of the year, um, for this feast day, where we celebrate a lot of different things. The Octave, Eighth Day of Christmas, um, the World Day of Peace, and we in the Catholic Church also celebrate the, um, the Mother of Jesus in a special way. And and I'd like to think about, above all, this one sentence we find in the Gospel of St. Luke, chapter 2, verse 19, Mary thought about all of these words and meditated them in our heart. And I think at the beginning of the year, the invitation here of the church is to think, well, okay, what should be our attitude at the beginning of the year as Christians? Like, what, how should we look now at what's going to happen? And also maybe like this: looking back to what happened last year. And I think a, a thing that we try to avoid is immediately to jump to action and say, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that and I'm going to you know, fight for this and try to do this resolution and so on. The first thing that the church invites us to do is to kind of slow down and schleunigen and reflect. As Mary did. She thought about these words and meditated them in her heart. Now, this, appears, I think, one other time also in the gospel where we see that she's a woman of faith who tries to look deeper at things what has happened. So and and this goes back to kind of the a kind of a basic Christian intuition that there's always a bigger story than the story. There's something deeper happening than what just meets the eye. You know, there's something going on that we maybe don't quite understand, but that is within the plan of God. And one of the things that helped me um kind of an image of this i think a beautiful kind of an interesting image is is a story that some of you might know from stephen Covey from his book i can't remember if it's the seven habits of highly effective people or seven habits of highly effective families but he tells a story at the beginning of how um he's in a subway in new york city and and it's six o'clock in the morning and everybody's super tired and uh, he's kind of half in a daze. He hasn't had his coffee yet. and But you see kind of an old man. He's, he's there. He's also kind of half asleep. And, and there's another guy. He's reading his sports section of the newspaper. And there's another another man eating a, a banana. And it's all kind of calm and quiet. And you come to the next stop. And this young gentleman comes on the train with, onto the subway with two little children. And one is like six. The other is like eight. And all of a sudden, all hell breaks loose, you know. There's the one child, he grabs the banana that the guy's eating and s- smears it into the face of the person who's eating it and throws the banana peel on the floor. Meanwhile, the other brother had grabbed the newspaper that this other man, gentleman was reading the sports section and he crumples it into a soccer ball, you know, out sports, and he, he passes it over to his brother who had, meanwhile, taken the banana peeling and thrown it on the floor. Where the other person who was eating the banana jumped after to run after the child slips on the banana peel, flies down, and it's just a big chaos, you know. And 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 Stephen Covey is sitting there, and he's and he's um, <clears throat> looking at the father of these two children who were ca- causing havoc in the in the metro station, and 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 he said, what is he thinking? You know, and he's super angry, and he mustered his his civil courage, and he goes up to him, and he's and he's amazed at, that he's able to restrain himself without screaming at him and just says, excuse me, gentlemen, uh, sir, have you not um, noticed that your children are causing a bit of problems? And and then the guy kind of wakes up out of a daze and he looks at him and says, oh, I'm so sorry. Um, yeah, you know, I, I just come from the hospital where the mother of these two children just passed away half an hour ago. And I guess they don't really know how to handle the situation. And I don't either, to tell you the truth. And Stephen Covey says that in a moment his whole attitude changed. Like his emotions, his, his anger turned to sympathy and, you know, oh, I'm sorry, sorry, can we do something for you, you know? The situation didn't change, but his way of looking at it changed. And I think that's what faith helps us to do. You know, is kind of, the situation is still the same maybe, but our way of looking at the situation changes. And we try to see things through the eyes of God, which is always a grace because try to see things through the eyes of God. I mean, we can't do that ourselves. It's something that he has to give us. But that's what I think the invitation is at the beginning of the year, is to look back on what's happened, what was last year, and to try to see and bring God into that conversation, you know, and say, okay, well, Lord, how do you see those things that have happened? And at the same time, looking forward... um, what is kind of our attitude entering into the year, you know, through the, through the eyes of faith? And I think the readings today offer us five kind of bullet points or five ideas what could be our attitude starting the year. <clears throat> so the first, the first thing that I see is, um, starting with the first reading, which came from the book of Numbers, um, which is the last book of the, book of Mo- of the books of Moses, and and it's talking about, you know, the Lord speaks to Moses and tells him to tell Aaron to bless the sons of Israel. And it's all about the blessing, you know. The Lord bless you and protect you. The Lord let his face slide upon you. You know, that, that famous um, <clears throat> idea from the blessing of Numbers 6, verse 22 and forward. And, and blessing, the, the Latin word for blessing is benedicere, which means so much as Bene, which is good, and Dice is, is the word. So it's saying good words to someone, basically. You know, that's the idea. That that um, and, and we notice that words are powerful. Like when we say when it, uh, negative words to a child, for example, that's growing up. And, and, oh, you're so ugly, you know, to a young girl, for example. You know? um, or to some child, oh, you're never going to make it, you know what kind of negative influence i can have or positively how words of encouragement of inspiration can have an incredible effect on a young person's life now how much more the word of god you know because it has there's so much more weight behind the word of god and this is what we're saying that there's the blessing of god the word that he speaks to us is something these are good words they build us up they construct you know they 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 inspire they they lift up and we hear from the letter to the, to the, um, to the Hebrews in the, in the verse of the, but just before the, we read, read the gospel, Hebrews 1, 1 2. Once God has spoken to us through the prophets today, nevertheless, He has spoken to us through His Son. And the Word is made flesh and dwelt among us. So the Word that God is speaking to us, this good Word, is nothing else but He Himself. It's He Himself coming to us through His Son, Jesus. You know, he is the good word that's spoken to us. He is the real blessing. And and I think it, before we think about anything that's going to happen this year, to know that we stand in the blessing of God, you know, that, that the foundation that we can build our lives upon is that we are children of the blessing and out of the curse, Would St. Paul would say. You know, we're no longer under the curse. Um, sin, death, destruction no longer has... Hold over our lives. So this, this firm conviction that I am standing in the blessing of God, you know, that, that, that I am object of his blessing. And I think Mary, when she's reflecting on you know, what has just happened, the words that have been said, um, the words of the angel, the, the, of the angels to the shepherds, um, he will be the Messiah. Uh, he, will liberate, he will liberate his people. Um, I'm not sure if she already was had had um, had intuition that, that this liberation would, above all, be a liberation of the soul, a liberation of the heart, a liberation from sin. Um, maybe, because Zacharias, when he spoke his benedictus, when he spoke his, his words of blessing, um, when he was able to speak again, he meant, he says, blessed be the God of Israel, because you you will show your people your salvation through the forgiveness of sins. So already Zacharias, who had been, I mean, Mary was there for three months and they were talking about things and trying to figure out what was happening with John coming and so on. So maybe she already had this intuition that this Jesus she was the mother of was not just, that there was something deeper going on, you know, than just an external liberation from the Romans, which a lot of Israelites had, had emphasized, but you you see already through the attitude of Zacharias, um, through the words of the angels to the shepherds, that there is something else maybe happening here, especially the very fact that Jesus is being born in a stable and not in a a palace of Herod. And I mean, it was so counterintuitive to what everything that they were expecting, that this Messiah would come and he would, you know, be with his armies and throw out the Romans. And here he's, nobody figures out that he's even been born. He's Born in the middle of nowhere, in in, in a cave, and I, I think that thro- must have thrown them for a loop. It must have made them really think. You know, what is what is this child all about? You know, what is his? C.S. Lewis has an interesting idea. He says, well, um, he, he presents the baby almost like a warrior coming and saying he 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 went in behind enemy lines. You know, nobody suspected he was coming because nobody he was sneaking in to the world. You know that nobody like. Because nobody would expect something like this, right? A kind of an interesting idea. But, so this blessing that was coming, um, Jesus is born in Bethlehem, which means house of bread in in English. Um, he's born on, you know, he's laying in a stable where you eat out of. He's the new bread of life that comes to us. Um, and and he's born, in, he's laying on a bit of straw, you know, what's left over when the, when the When the grain goes through the combine and the grain is taken out and the stall's left over, which, which we make bread out of, so there's a lot of symbolism happening here as well. You know that he is the new manna coming down from heaven to give life to the world, to, to feed the world um, through his through his word and, and <clears throat> through his sacrament um, and and um so I, I guess what I'm saying is like the first point here is. That, that firm foundation to reflect that that we are object of the blessing, and that's something I think Mary understood, or began to understand in a very deep way, um, and, and that we can we can live our life and we can we can base our life on this on this basic truth, come what may, we are object of the blessing of God. The second, and um, the second thing I think that that we reflect and that she was reflecting on is. The one, well, one's own identity as a consequence. You know, who am I, as a, as a result? Um, and I think Mary understood first of all that she was in German. I like you know, you could say the diva, sie war die angesprochene von Gott. You know? she was the one that the word was being spoken to in a very literal sense. You know, um, you will conceive, and in her the word will be made flesh. Um, and his realization that, but in an extended way. And she being the image, also of the church at large, um, she stands for each one of us. You know that God, we are the ones that God is speaking to. These this good word of Christ, and that through Christ we b- receive a new identity. We are sons and daughters in the Son, as Saint Paul would say. And we are sons in the Son, like small sons in the big Son. Um, that through Him we receive a new identity. What we, re- we talked about yesterday, those were here, and we're not just. Um, called children of God, we become children of God. Now, first letter of St. John, chapter 3, verse 1. And we're not just called children of God, we're not just adopted like um, somebody who writes a document of adoption, but we actually are incorporated into the family of God and gives us an incredible dignity that we could never even think about um, before, that no one suspected would happen. So... Um, this understanding of, of our own identity, this is something that St. Paul speaks about Then in, in, in the second reading, which we heard from the letter to the Galatians. Um, so that he, you know, God sent his only son so that he might free those who stand under the law so that we might, be, that we might be become sons. And, this, and God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit through which we, re- we call Abba, Father, we are able to speak that same word of Abba in Christ. The word Father, as Jesus used it, appears 17 times in all of the Old Testament. That's not insignificant. It's 17 times. But like Yahweh appears like 5,000 times. Jehovah appears like 7,000 times. So like 17 times is not a lot. Jesus used the word Abba 17 times in his very first sermon. And actually, he never talked about God in any other way. He only called him Father. And through him, we are able to now say to God, Father, you are my Father. And that's what we hear also after the resurrection. Mary is the other Mary, Mary Magdalene, is being asked to go back to the disciples. And Jesus says, you know... I'm going up to my God and to your God, to my father and to your father. And this idea that he's our father, you know, and we are his children. So, so nice that we could sing that song yesterday. Uh, I am a child of God, you know, I'm a child of God. So that a new understanding of my own identity. So that would be the second idea. The third thing to reflect about, I think, at the beginning of the year is the providence of God, the providence of God. Mary must have realized all of a sudden, and it must have really hit her and Joseph. I imagine Um, God wanted to be born in this hole, you know, and it must have been seemed so absurd, you know, there and must have been so humiliating for for Joseph, you know, to, to think, Well, I can't even give a nice place for my wife to have her baby, you know, it's it's and then and then. They, they try out one camel motel and they're not wanted there and then they go to the next camel motel and they're <coughs> and it says there's no place for them in the inn. So there is, was place in the inn but not for a highly pregnant woman. And so they're thrown out again and you can have, I can imagine Mary's the whole time, Angel, hello, what do we do now? Like, can you give me some instructions, please? You know, And... And, and so what do they do? Well, they try out the next place. And then some, at the end, they end up in this cave. And then probably, especially then when the shepherds came, it must have hit them. Oh, wow, he wanted to be born here. You know, This is precisely where this new Messiah, the new king of Israel wanted to be born, was precisely in this place. And, and, and to understand, a lot of times while we're on the journey, while, you can imagine on the way to Bethlehem, you know, two or three days how could God allow that? Now the Romans want us to make the senses and she's highly pregnant and, and all these promises and now we can't, you know. And so you can imagine how both of them, um, the temptation to doubt in what God was doing was great because they didn't see any of it, you know. And, and it wasn't until, probably until the shepherds came that they realized, oh, okay. You know, and it's a lot of times like that in our lives, I think. You know, in the moment we're in a situation where we say, oh my God, why is God permitting this? And we have no idea. And it just doesn't seem to make any sense. And, and so to reflect upon that, maybe, you know, how is God guiding us? And sometimes there it helps to look back at the past, you know, to reflect. Um, even maybe on difficult situations where, where, where maybe God used that to make me grow in some way, um, to grow my character uh, to grow my capacity for loving, to grow my patience, to grow my uh, faith. Um, God stretches us, you know. Um, <clears throat> maybe he gives us difficulties because he believes or he sends difficulties our way or allows difficulties to come our way because he thinks and believes that we can overcome them for the, and, and grow through them. Um, but in the moment so much, so a lot of times it's really hard to see that. And that's where we need to put on these goggles of faith. And, and and trying to say, okay, there's a bigger story happening here that I'm realizing. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot I don't understand. I was reckoning today also. Even more crazy. You now, think of Mary. She knew, what was she going to say? Okay, I've seen, hey Joseph, I've seen an angel, now I'm pregnant. Um, and, and she knew what the result of that was. It was not today, well, okay, um, not so great, but like back then it was stoning kind of the result, right? And, and, and that absolute trust to then go up to him and say the truth. I've seen an angel and I'm going to have a baby. You know? So that, that trust in the providence of God um, when nothing seems to be making sense. I think that's maybe a third thing to reflect upon um, at the beginning of a year like this one, where we don't know what's going to happen in our personal lives, in our family lives, in our professional lives in the world, in our countries, who knows? Um, but to trust, he's a good, good father. That, that's why the first thing is, no, we stand the blessing, we're, we know who I am, I'm a child of God, and, and he's a good father. And, and then to think about providence and his plan, his foreseum. Fourth thing to think about, maybe, is the drama of free will. Um, she reflects upon everything that has been said, it says here. And what did the angels say to the to the people? Glory to God in the highest and peace to people of good will. Mention Seine Gnade doesn't really cut it in German. It's kind of a bad translation. No. But it says to the people of good will. In other words, not everybody's of goodwill. And And that's what, what Mary and Joseph experienced around the crib, right? There's people of good will coming around the crib, but there's also people who don't have goodwill, like Herod. You know, Bethlehem is like five kilometers from Jerusalem. It's, it's like around the corner. It's not very far to get there. And you had these Magi coming from who knows how many hundreds of miles away. And, but there were other people that, you know, where was, where was Herod? Where, where were the high priests that told them actually where he was going to be born, you know? Um, <clears throat> and so you have, like we in the Catholic Church, we celebrate right after Christmas, the martyrdom of Saint Stephen, the Holy Innocents on the 28th, and, and then Saint John. So you got you've got Christmas, you've like got the high point, and then you've got you know, Saint Stephen the next day of somebody who's being martyred for his faith. The next day we're thinking about Saint John who 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 was up there somewhere with the heights of contemplation and then the Holy... so you have got kind of this light and darkness thing. You know, he came into the light he came into the world and he was the light of the world. And the darkness did not grasp it, but it tries to, right? So there's always this kind of, in our own, not just in the world, right, but even in our own hearts, John Paul II would say, the heart is a battlefield between egotism and love, you know, and, and we realize how that, that, that fight for, for our heart is, is even in our own hearts, we have that, you know, that darkness and that light thing. So, and I think that's, a, that's after the basis is clear, you know, we're standing in the blessing of God, we know who we are, who what main identity is. I know I can trust totally and radically in his, in his blessing and in his, and in his providence, then to find, okay, what is my answer now? You know? How do I respond? How do I, how, what do I do with that free, my free will? How am I going to try to co- correspond this year um, to have a little bit more light, to be an agent of light in the world and not of darkness? And then the last idea, in, if Mary wouldn't have said yes, and if Joseph wouldn't have said yes, well we wouldn't be celebrating Christmas no? so this idea that that for some reason God gives us an opportunity to participate in this whole thing, that we take, have a part and that He makes a lot of time dependent on um, what happens in the world in our lives also on our on, on, on our response so um, this mediating role that both Mary and Joseph have, and that each one of us as Christians have you know to be to be instruments of light, not just for ourselves, but then for others as well. You know, that we're, that it, does, it doesn't, ma- it's this thing that we've talked about so often here in the center. It's not indifferent if my name is Adolf Hitler or Mother Teresa of Calcutta. And, 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 and what I want to be stands before me. You know, I can choose one way or I can choose the other way. And every choice I make brings me closer to the light or closer to the darkness, right? And we can, we can, we can be an instrument of change or or not. You know, we can be an instrument of light or not. So that understanding that yes we have responsibility as well, right? It's not just, okay you know, resting on the on the providence of God, yes. But but we're called to participate. You know, our 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 answer to God's calling is not a different. So maybe those things to, to kind of reflect upon before we make big New Year's resolutions for twenty twenty is <clears throat> is to think about you know what these five things, the blessing of God, our own identity, his providence, the drama of the will, of free will, and and this opportunity to be participating, to have a mediating role in, in the work of salvation in the world. Um, so let's pray for each other um, so that we might get that order straight in our lives also, and that we trust more and more in his grace, and that he's a good father, and that whatever happens... Um, that we can trust in him.